0: Welcome to Spend, Donate, Invest. This is a podcast where we talk about how to line up your social values and what you're doing with your money on a daily basis. I'm your host. I go by GG. That's short for Gennett Gimja. And today we're going to talk about why the ultra wealthy in America only give about 1% of their assets away to charity. I'm going to be drawing from a report by Bridgespan in November 28, it, uh, sorry, 2018. It was called The Four Pathways to Greater Giving. Uh, the Bridgespan group, in case uh, you've never heard of it, which you probably haven't, it's an offspring of Bain Consulting Company, which is one of the um, big consulting companies in the U.S. and internationally. And Bridgespan is a 501c3, so it's a nonprofit, and they advise philanthropists, nonprofits, that sort of thing. So they do research on giving as a part of this work. I found the research to be very interesting. As always, I'm definitely going to leave the links for you in the show notes if you want to continue your research. But I wanted to share some of the interesting insights that they had on why the ultra-wealthy aren't really giving their money away and at the end i kind of want to think through together what we can take away from that as you know regular people <laughs> so even though we're not ultra wealthy i mean well let me not let me speak for myself if you are a listener of this show and you are ultra wealthy you'll probably find this even more interesting and um consider being a sponsor of the podcast. I'll just put that out there. Okay, so this report in particular is about the ultra-wealthy, and that is defined as a person who has more than $500 million in assets. So it's an astronomical amount of wealth in a country where, well, we don't have clean water for everyone. So clearly our system is broken. The research in this report is trying to understand why our ultra-wealthy People and their families are only giving away about 1% of their assets away. To be very specific, the amount came out to 1.2% that they're giving away. Given that the market returns on their wealth were around 9% when they were interviewed for this report back in 2018, you can see that their wealth is going to continue to grow just astronomically while they're only giving away 1.2% away. So you can see that if you're only giving away about 1% a year, but your money is growing at a rate of like 9% a year, you can see that it's just, it's like a runaway train, you know? And so if they, let's say they wanted to give away half of their wealth and get down to, you know, still being astronomically wealthy, but having around $250 million dollars, They would need to be giving away more than 11 percent of their wealth every year for like 20 years. If they did that, then they could actually reduce their net assets from like 500 million dollars down to 250 million dollars. So how do we think about what is holding these folks back from giving away more of their money, and if you heard a recent episode, uh, I think this was back on episode eighty-three, about Warren Buffett's giving giving pledge. Um, a lot of billionaires have signed this pledge to give away their wealth, so they want to, right? I mean, we know that they want to, but they haven't made much progress at all. What's going on? From the research in this report, it seems like the biggest reason why the ultra-wealthy aren't giving more is because, honestly, they don't have to. And with the 2017 legislation called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, so this was a Trump law, it doubled how much money rich people could pass on from generation to generation, without paying estate taxes on it. So it went from like $13 million that you could give your, your kids without paying an estate tax up to $26 million <laughs> without paying an estate tax. I mean, you just cannot make this stuff up. And so we all know that, you know, rich people generally hate to pay taxes. Maybe everybody hates to pay their taxes. I don't know. Personally, I kind of like pitching into our infrastructure (laughs) our schools our roads, our infrastructure um but let me tell you how you can lose friends really quickly if you're out at a bar (laughs) it's by saying that you don't mind paying your taxes (laughs) so okay we know that the uh you know, very wealthy among us really hate paying their taxes and they will go to great lengths to avoid paying their taxes. Um, one very common loophole that I think is seen by society as kind of a positive thing, which I would disagree with, is using charity as a way to achieve even more tax write offs. So You know, with the new legislation back in 2017, as taxes were cut for wealthy people, that obviously directly led to less charitable giving from those extremely wealthy families. So that was probably the number one reason why the ultra-wealthy aren't giving is because they don't have to. And they're not even really incentivized to with the way that the tax codes are written currently. But beyond that, when these ultra-wealthy people in the survey were interviewed, they explained other reasons why they don't give more than 1.2% of their wealth. So one thing they said is they don't know how to get started, whereas there are all of these money managers and companies and funds that are geared towards ultra-wealthy people, they don't really have big firms that specialize in the same thing for their giving. So they probably have to hire a private philanthropy advisor to help them. But I think what a lot of ultra wealthy people end up doing is they rely on their money manager to help them make these decisions. So their money manager is in charge of. Not only helping them to grow their wealth, keep it safe, uh, minimize their taxes, but now they're also asking their money managers to help them make decisions about giving away their money. And so if you think about it, the incentive for their money managers is going to be to reduce financial risk, not to give away more money. They get paid a percentage of the assets that their client has. (laughs) Ultra-wealthy folks also said that they couldn't find great giving opportunities, quote-unquote great giving opportunities. Um, They could find opportunities to give, but they weren't great enough. And I'm going to be honest, this one really made me cringe. I think there's an attitude that if someone knows how to make a lot of money, they also know other things. (laughs) And I just, I don't, I don't buy it. There's an inherent distrust of the professionals who have actually worked in the nonprofit space, who have been in the trenches. I think sometimes with the ultra wealthy, there's an attitude of, well, if they knew what they were doing, homelessness would have been solved by now our public schools would be competitive internationally. Obviously, the nonprofit leaders don't know what they're doing, and we, from the private sector, need to show them how to get things done. Rather than having a posture of, you know, maybe these nonprofits know what they're doing, but have never been funded properly to solve problems that are way more complex than earning a ton of money. I really think that ultra-wealthy folks believe it's harder to become ultra-wealthy than it is to repair a broken system. And ironically, it is our weak systems that allow such a cruel distortion as to allow the number of ultra-wealthy people to triple in America while the majority of Americans are slipping downwards. So I'm Wondering how we can get the message out to our ultra-wealthy fellow citizens. It's easier to become rich than it is to repair the systems that lead to poverty. We can workshop the final wording. <laughs> That's my placeholder for now. I, it's, easier, it's easier for you to become rich than it is to repair the systems that lead to poverty do you think of that? Or maybe it's easier for 1% of us to become rich than to repair the systems for the 99%. I feel like I'm getting somewhere with the wording. <laughs> Email me and let me know what you think of this. Uh, but if you go back to the research, ultra wealthy folks also explain that they're afraid of giving to the wrong place and then getting skewered in the media. And they also talked about how it can be hard as a family to agree on where to donate their money. Maybe the older family members want to give to their, you know, like religious institutions and museums and that sort of thing. And then the younger folks want to give to more liberal causes. Back on episode 81, I shared some thoughts on how you can get on the same page as your family when it comes to where to donate. Some of my research for that episode was based on the exercises that these advisors take very wealthy families through to try to figure out how to donate together as a family. The ultra-wealthy respondents in this um, research project reported that they felt a lack of urgency (laughs) We talked a little bit about this at the top of the episode today. Our tax codes don't require them to give, so they don't really feel any urgency. And so their thought process is, you know, maybe when they pass on, maybe. I'm a little skeptical about that even. I'm not so sure that they're giving away that much money when they pass away, just based on what I learned in the episode about whether or not Patagonia's founder really gave his company away. That was episode 67. That was an eye-opening episode for me, that's for sure. So the little that the ultra-wealthy do give goes to the same old hospitals, universities, religious institutions, and then some conservancy and arts organizations. They're not really giving towards tackling inequality, are growing inequality which is what has led to there being so many ultra wealthy Americans to begin with and it's it's odd because when you read about what these ultra wealthy families say when they pledge to give their money away they talk about the american dream This concept that every generation is going to do better economically than their parents did. I remember that from the episode on Warren Buffett's giving pledge because the billionaires who were pledging to give away most of their money in their lifetimes had posted sometimes handwritten letters, definitely hand-signed letters, online explaining why they were pledging to give away their money what their values were. And the vast majority of them mentioned this idea of the American dream. So it's interesting that although they have this value of economic mobility, they aren't actually donating towards causes that would help to reduce the inequality in our country. On the other hand, their donations are tending to go towards Organizations that already have huge endowments, right? Those are the universities and the hospitals and things. So what's going on here? The ultra-wealthy are talking about social change goals like eradicating homelessness. Sometimes they mention polio in their letters. But then their dollars don't actually go in that direction. It's so interesting. So, so far, I've shared some of the insights from the report on why the ultra-wealthy Americans aren't donating that much in general. But now I'm going to share some of the insights on why they aren't giving towards inequality specifically. Why aren't they giving towards social change? So the first reason they shared on that specific question is because most charities don't have prepared ideas on what they would do if they got, let's say, a $10 million donation, right? These are big ballers with tons of money to give away. And I mean, those are the kinds of donations that they might be thinking about is let's say $10 million to a charity, but most charities are not going to have a ready-made plan of how they would spend that money, what exactly they would do. And they're not going to have a business plan. They're not going to have like a fully written out plan because it will, first of all, it costs time and money to put those together. And it's incredibly rare (laughs) to get even the chance to get a donation like that. So it wouldn't make sense to spend your, your precious time as a nonprofit leader putting together for a plan for a donation that they're almost never going to get. But I think that's actually what the ultra-wealthy donors would want. I think they'd want to be able to go to multiple nonprofits and to say, okay, now what would you do with $10 million if you ever got it? Okay, now you different nonprofit, what would you do? And by the way, I don't want any of my donations to be used for the staff to be able to spend time responding to my request and putting together these proposals. Okay, never mind. Forget it. I decided not to donate at all. Our taxes got reduced again. Thanks, Uncle Sam. (laughs) So you can kind of see that that is one of the the big challenges is that the ultra-wealthy Families are looking for these complex plans from these nonprofits. They don't have the time or the space or probably even the desire to put those plans together because it's just so unlikely that they would even get a huge donation like that. The second reason that ultra-wealthy folks don't give specifically to social change causes is because they feel like it's less risky to just donate to the university that's big and it's old or to the hospital or, you know, the example they give in the report is a library. They'd rather just give $10 million towards building a new library because, you know, they know what a library is. It's familiar. Now, what's super interesting is... They don't ask for data on how that new library has increased literacy rates in the neighborhood, (laughs) right? They don't ask for it. They don't ask for proof that it makes sense for them to donate to a new hospital wing. They don't ask where's the data on increased patient outcomes. But, or, you know, with the library, they're not asking for data on, like, increased literacy rates in the neighborhood, But when it comes to giving towards social causes, now they're asking for the data. They want to see that their donation moved the needle, and it moved the needle within a few years. So there's a double standard that's happening. And I think a lot of us have that double standard, probably most of us. Episode 13 was definitely about that. So those are the reasons why the ultra-wealthy aren't giving, especially to social change. If you actually work in this field and you want to know about the solutions that Bridgespan came up with, I'll definitely link the report for you in the show notes. But for the rest of us, we're not ultra-wealthy. We don't work in philanthropy. We're just people that feel really uncomfortable with growing inequality, with poverty, with poor educational outcomes, with homelessness, whatever your thing is that keeps you up at night. I want to share some final thoughts on what we can learn from this research and what might be applicable. I think the first thing we can do is a very simple journaling exercise. Set a timer for five minutes and then answer this question. What do I want my donations to do? And see what you come up with. You might find out that you want your donations to give back to your community You might find out that you want your donations to pave the way for someone who overcame what you overcame. Maybe you get more specific than that. And then the second question I want you to answer is, how much do I want to be donating? If you're not sure about that, I have a lot of episodes on that topic, but you could start with episode two. It's short and it's light, a few different ideas for you to consider. So let's say you've journaled both of those questions, right? So the first one is, what do you want your donations to be doing? And the second is, how much do I want to be donating? Then I want you to compare your answers for both of those. Don't spend a ton of time. Set a timer, five minutes to do this journaling exercise. And then maybe another five minutes just to like analyze your answers and see the difference between what you're actually donating compared to what you want for yourself. Maybe there's a little bit of a disconnect there. And if you're looking to get more alignment between what you want to be donating compared to how much you're actually donating or where you're actually donating, you can check out episode 14, which was called When Your Donations Aren't Stacking Up. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. As you know, the podcast just reached two years old. It's wild to think about, but if you're still here, I'm still here. So let's keep this thing going. You can help this thing keep going by sharing an episode with someone who you think might enjoy it. I just heard from a newer subscriber last week whose first episode was episode 86, which was about where Beyonce donates her money and the philanthropy tour she did alongside her Renaissance tour. If there's another topic you'd like to hear about or you just want to engage on what you're hearing on the show, send an email anytime to spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. Again, that's spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. Have a great rest of the day and let's talk again soon.